Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, all right. How are we doing today, church? Doing good? I'm so glad you're here today. I want to go ahead and just welcome all the campuses. Come on, keep it going, all of them. I'm not going to list them, just all the campus locations. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are glad you guys are there on the other side and just honored to be able to serve you as well. Hey, uh, many of you have been asking, how am I feeling? If you were here last week, you, knew, you know that I was really, really sick. And uh, I'm feeling good. Praise be to God. I'm getting better. Got me some antibiotics and all is good. So I'm very, very excited about that. Hey, just one more thing. Some of you have been asking me about sickness, but you also have been asking me about my Christmas tree. Y'all remember the Christmas tree, if you were here the Sunday right before Christmas, I mean right before Christmas, I, I showed you this gorgeous Christmas tree at Duke that I noticed while I was over there studying, and then I showed you our pitiful Charlie Brown Christmas tree in our living room that on the Sunday right before Christmas, it didn't have a single light or ornament on it. And I told you that my son just declared that as a family, we were going all natural. Now, you would be delighted to know that we got it decorated right before Christmas, and that mug is still up. I, I've decided we're going to keep our Christmas tree up until Easter. Can I get a witness or some support or something? Are you? Uh, hey, I know it's going to stay up at least two more weeks because Amy Lynn is in Kenya with a missions trip. Big group from our church is in Kenya. And man, that tree is staying up in the name of Jesus. It looks Good. Hey, um, go ahead and open your Bibles to Nehemiah. We are there. Um, just want to just talk to you a little bit, though, about a few things. Um, man, last week, last week created a lot of uh, a lot of energy, a lot of traction, a lot of movement. So if you missed. Last week, I need to let you know that we have opened up our new resource center for the very first time. It's right out these doors to the right-hand side. It's a brand-new room, so you can get the message from last week if you desire. They've also got the series that we did before we went to the movie theater, the book of Revelation. Many of you have been asking about that, so that's out there as well. But last Sunday, in all of my sickness, um, I tried my best to preach the Word of God, and I hope uh, I did, and I always ask God to let the things that are of Him to settle deep into our spirit and let those things that are not of him to fall by the wayside. And I've got some emails this week. Um, and you know, you got to love emails when they come in. And uh, they, they've, been, they've been good emails. They, I haven't gotten any of those emails, um, if you know what I mean. Uh, but I wanted to, to read a few. Can I, can I read just a few emails to you? Here, here's one from our North Raleigh campus. North Raleigh campus. She says, okay, so a little background. This is a leader who is writing her life group. So she says, okay, a little background. Today at church, Pastor Benji talked about Nehemiah 3, and he joked that you definitely would not go to this chapter of the Bible to find names for your children. And then she said, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> there are lots of names, and they are crazy names. His point was this chapter is full of names of people who picked up a shovel and went to work for the calls of Christ. And then she says this, to make a difference, to do something great, which was to rebuild. Jesus rebuilds the broken. Can we give the sister an amen? amen. He was telling us as a church 
to poop or get off the pot. <laughs> Woo! I, I'm sorry, I jerked like that. It's got to be hard for the camera operators. I am so sorry. So she, so she said, we need to poop or get off the pot. I did a little work with the language. So pick up a darn shovel and go to work for God's cause because he rebuilds the broken. So I wanted to make sure all of you are shoveling or plan this year to further God's kingdom. Then she ends with this. Wow, okay. That's my deep thought for 2016. I'm glad I got it out of the way. Here's one more. One more from the Garner campus. Are you up for one more today? One more from the Garner campus. A little bit longer, but I think you're going to enjoy it. I'm sure you will agree that Pastor Benji's message yesterday was so good on many levels. That makes me very uncomfortable to read that. But anyway, let me get to the meat of it, why I'm sharing this email. I was challenged, and I hope you were as well. If you did not see the message in church, please try to watch it online. I kicked off the, he kicked off the sermon series on Nehemiah, which is all about our efforts to rebuild the defensive walls of Jerusalem. This is important. And this is where the person really gets theological and biblical at the same time. And it's just an incredible email. This is important. A wall is defensive, not offensive. Matthew 16, 18 says the gates or the walls of hell will not withstand the church. How does a defensive wall prevail? This life group leader asked the question. There's another email to their life. I love life group leaders digging in with their groups about the message. How does a defensive wall prevail? I mean, it just sort of sits there. It prevails if it is not attacked or if it is attacked in a half-hearted manner. Mary and I watched the Lord of the Rings movie over the long weekend, sort of a New Year's tradition. In those movies, there are two major scenes involving an attacking defensive walls. In that case, it was the bad guys, the orcs or the trolls or other nasties, Attacking the walls of the good guys. But even so, I noticed several ways the walls were attacked. Number one, they were scaled using ladders and ropes. Or two, they were blown apart with an explosive device. Now watch this. Or three, they were demolished with stones hurled from catapults or battering rams. If you've seen that movie, you know the scene. Persistence, coordinated effort, courage, cunning, and willingness to sacrifice oneself for the cause were all necessary in order to breach the walls. I think all of these things are necessary to breach the gates of hell. Wraps up with this. But attacks against an enemy's defensive wall are of no use unless the army gets through to the other side. Ends with this. It seems the modern church has tried a lot of methods to damage the gates of hell. But to a large degree, the gates of hell have still prevailed. As Pastor Benji stated, we still live in a very broken world and it only seems to be getting worse. We are losing, not gaining ground. Could this be because there are not enough Christians who are willing to scale over the walls and run the breaches that have been created? I think the point of Benji's message can be summed up quite simply, all hands on deck. The word says the gates of hell will not prevail, so let's pick up a shovel and get cracking.
Amen. Amen. Give the, give the, this is from Todd, this is from Todd and Mary. So as a result of last Sunday, we had 363 people who picked up shovels and said, I'm in, I'm ready to serve for the cause of Christ. 363! Come on at all the campuses, celebrate! 363 people who've decided in 2016 they're going to let their lives count. And so I want to say to you who did, way to go. Way to go. And God is going to use your life to build beautiful things. Everybody say beautiful things. One more time, all the locations, beautiful things. God's going to use your life to build beautiful things. And so today, before I even got to the teaching today, I wanted us to talk about beautiful things. I wanted us to, to have a responsive reading together on the subject, beautiful things. And then I want us to just kind of sit back and enjoy the worship leaders and the worship teams at all of our campuses just sing a song over us. I want to I give you some space today to breathe a little bit, to marinate in the moment of this many people getting involved in ministry. And if you're here today and you, you just couldn't do anything last week, you just, you just had to think about it some, you had to wrestle with it some. Or if you're here today and you weren't here last Sunday, and I know that's a lot of you, and you're wondering, is there a place for me to serve at that church? Am I needed? Am I wanted? Is there a place for me? The answer is categorically yes. And so I want to invite you to just grab your Connect card. Just grab your Connect card. We haven't even received our offering yet at all of our campuses. Grab the Connect card. Fill it out. Let us know you're here. We'd love to, to just know you're here. And if you're new, particularly send you some information. But if you're here and, and you need to think about it for the weekend, now you're ready to get involved, you just write on that Connect card here to serve. Or if you're new and you want to get involved, just write on that Connect card here to serve. Legibly write your name, your phone number, and your email address, and we will get in touch with you. And we'll receive the offering in just a little bit um, as this song starts. But first we're going to do the responsive reading. And I'm going to just ask us to stand at all of our campus locations. Let's just stand for a beautiful, responsive reading. I'll read the part that says, Pastor. You read the part that says, Congregation. And let these words just minister to you. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now you all read together this. Go. Praise the Lord. And you guys sound great. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Amen. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, 
which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. A new command I give you, New Hope Church. Love one another. As Jesus has loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are his disciples if you love one another. Amen. See? I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Father, thank you for doing a new thing. Thank you, Father, for not giving up on us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your church. Thank you for Nehemiah, God, in this great and awesome series. Lord, we are engaged in it because you are great and awesome. New Hope Church is not great and awesome. Benji Kelly is not great and awesome. Only you, Lord God, and you alone are great and awesome. And you use our lives to build beautiful things. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for making life beautiful. God, I pray for the movement today as we sit in the midst of this song and as we return unto you our tithes. God, would you be glorified? Would you be, would you be magnified? Would you be exalted? And would you use these tithes? Then would you use our lives to do exactly that? To build beautiful things. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. And all of the locations said together, amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. Oh, oh, oh. 
If you're thankful for a God who uses our lives and makes beautiful things, let me hear an amen. Yeah, you can clap again, too. Where would we be without him? So Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 4. Let's go get this today. Nehemiah chapter 4. It's in the Old Testament. might be a little more difficult book for you to find, but just open up your book in the Bible. If you got maps or not on the back, you'll probably land somewhere around the book of Psalms. Take a left. You'll get over there to Nehemiah. Now, just by way of review, 540 years before Nehemiah, there was David. David as in King David. David as in David and Bathsheba. David as in David and Goliath. David and the Psalms. David purchased the land that the temple was built on. David's son built the temple. 
And his name was Solomon. Exactly. 145 years before Nehemiah, Babylon rolled into town and ransacked Jerusalem. Destroyed the massive walls. I cannot even begin to overestimate the significance of the walls. With the walls, Jerusalem felt protected. They felt secure. Without the walls, Jerusalem felt exposed. 145 years before Nehemiah, Babylon rolls in, destroys the walls, burns the gates, and Jerusalem is in dire strait. 445 years after Nehemiah, Jesus Christ steps on to the stage of human history. Last week we looked at Nehemiah 1 through 3. This week we're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 4 and following. If you love the Word of God, let me hear an amen. If you're ready for the Word of God, let me hear you say, bring it. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Here's what the Word of God says. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became, what church? He became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? You have to hear it just dripping with sarcasm. Will they finish such a project in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What they are building, even a fox climbing up on it, would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, our God, for we are, we are what? We are despised. Let me tell you something, church. When you set out to do God's work in life, when you pick up a shovel and go to work, you will sometimes be despised. Come on. You will sometimes be ridiculed. Let's continue. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with what? The people worked with what? All their heart. Now, if you're a note taker, I hope you'll take out your notes or write in your Bible. Let's just go get this today. I want to let you know right out of the gate. Same kind of format as last week. Nehemiah would say, there's something you need to know and there's something you need to do. There's something you need to what? And there's something you need to... Here's the first thing you need to know, and I won't spend a lot of time on this because hopefully you know it to be true. Here's something you need to know. Opposition will come. 
There's something you need to know. Opposition will come. Just look down in the text with me. Notice in verses 1 and 3, when you go to join God in the process of building things, when you pick up a shovel and you decide, my life is not going to be lived for self. My life is going to be lived for others and the purposes of God. When you do that, you can take it to the bank. Opposition will come your way. Just notice that. The question is not, will I experience opposition? The question is, how will I handle the opposition? I mean, look at the verse again. They're ridiculing him. There's sarcasm. They're coming at him. Opposition will come. And this is one of the reasons why I told you last week, you need to learn to wield a sword. You need to learn to wield a sword and realize that life is a battle. Some of you have not been convinced of that yet and you live in this kind of passive way in life and you need to know that greatness, greatness comes when we decide, you know what, life is a battle. And did you notice the verse? They worked at it with what? Good job. They worked at it with all their heart. You do know, don't you, that great churches are built with all your heart. Great churches are built by leaders and people who build the purposes of God with all of their heart. You do know, don't you, that great marriages are built with all your heart. Oh, my word. You do know, don't you, that good parenting, good parenting is done when you do it with what? All your heart. Half-heartedness never did much of anything in this world. Have you figured that out? Most people that, that see greatness thrust onto their lives, it's not because they're better looking than others. It's not because they're, they're smarter than others. It's not because of the degrees hanging on their wall. I am convinced of this. Most greatness finds those who work at things with what? All their heart. But opposition will come. Pastor Chris Peltz is our brand new Hillsboro campus pastor. Launching that campus on January 31st of this year, which is Vision Day. We will pray over Pastor Chris and all the missionaries on Sunday, January 24th. Pastor Chris and his wife, Nikomi, Received this job, been here going on probably like nine months now. Came from Florida, and they've been in an apartment. And as they got closer and closer and closer to launching this campus in just a few weeks, they bought their first home over in Mebbin, North Carolina. Delightful little place, kind of west of here if you've never been to Mebbin, growing area. About a week ago... They went and they closed on their brand new home. The very next day, people broke into their brand new home, destroyed their appliances, stole some of their appliances, destroyed doors and walls cut gas lines they were experts and on their way out scribbled in the mud six six six
I asked Pastor Chris, I said, how many cuss words have you thought about saying? <laughs> I said, let me tell you something, man. No enemy that comes against you shall prosper. You wield a sword. You declare in the name of Christ dominion over your house. I said, you get it back right. We will come out there. We will pray around your home. We will put a hedge. Of I don't give a flip about 666. Six, six. In the name of Jesus, the enemy will run. In the name of Jesus, you kick Satan in his teeth and you declare the power and the authority. Now, it doesn't change the fact, though, opposition comes. Opposition comes. So I called him a few days later, and he said, yeah, man, I was out in my driveway. He said, that's after I preached on the sword last week. He said, I was out in the driveway, man. He goes, I didn't have a sword, but I turned around, and I looked at my house. And he goes, I started getting Pentecostal. <laughs> he said, is that all you got, Satan? Is that all you got? He just started praying down favor and protection and God's goodness over his house. And I said, there you go, boy." And here's the good stuff. The, the, the owner of the construction company heard about this. He had signed, so it was all in his name. So who was responsible? He was. We prayed favor, and now the owner of the construction company has said, I will take care of all the damages. The only thing, the only thing that wasn't covered was his refrigerator. Man must have a refrigerator, if you know what I'm saying. And so he, uh, I called him last night because God had laid it on my heart. I was like, man, we're going to take care of that refrigerator. And guess what? No, 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 no. His, life, his wife's life group, Nikomi's life group, had already taken care of the refrigerator in full. But opposition will come when you follow Christ. And check it out. You might not like this, but here's the reality. If, if you start living your life and you're, and you're a believer, I'm talking to the believers in the house now, and you're coasting through life and there's no opposition and there's no ridicule and there's no sarcasm and there's no criticism, you should be concerned. You should be con You're like, well, I, I like it like that. I, li I like coasting through life with no Yeah, you do like it like that. Guess what? So does Satan. Because he is not coming at you with anything, no opposition, because you are no threat. Oh, that's just a little, yeah, I, I understand. I, I get it. It's like, I, I, maybe. <laughs> I kind of like it like that. And what I've discovered in 25 years of following Christ, man, here's the deal. If I start looking around and things are too easy, though I like it, I'm like, oh, Lord, I must be becoming useless. Because Satan has moved on to other more threatening men and women of God. Opposition will come. That's the one thing you should know. The one thing Nehemiah would say that you should know is that opposition will come. Here is the one thing you should do. Here is the one thing you should do. I tweeted this the other day. This might be some of the best information, biblical wisdom that you will receive throughout all of 2016, what I am about to give you right here, right now. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I came to church. 
This is, I'm telling you, this, this might be the best news I could even learn at the beginning of this year from the Word of God. It is unbelievable. Here's the one thing you should do. If you plan to live an abundant life on purpose with God, you must have walls to protect and gates to prosper. You must have walls to protect and gates to prosper. So we have, we have put a wall up here. How are you doing on constructing walls in your life? You see, the walls protect you. Nehemiah would say, you need walls to protect you because opposition will come. And you need gates to prosper. You need walls to what? Protect. And you need gates to what? See, the walls... The walls in your life, if you will build godly walls, if you will construct and erect walls in your life, walls keep the bad out. Gates, on the other hand, let the good in. Walls protect and keep the bad out. Gates open up and let the good in. There is a verse of scripture that I often quote. It's one of my life verses. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's John 10.10. And you all know it because you've heard me say it before. I have come that you might have life and have it what? I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There's the first part of that verse, though, that we don't talk about a lot. Or if we do, I've noticed that the first part of the verse is divorced, if you will, from the second part of the verse. And the first part of the verse goes like this. Why don't we read it all together? The word of Lord, John 10, 10, go. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. There is a thief. And he's the one that brings opposition on your life. He is Satan. There is an evil power and presence if, in the world. If you don't believe it, I don't know what else to say to you except look around at the world in which we live. And that thief, that opposition wants to come in and penetrate and invade your life. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. Newsflash to you. He is real. And the more you get on point for God, the more he will come at you. But God has come, Christ has come, that you might have abundant life. And so therefore you build the gates to keep the enemy out, the wall to keep the enemy out. You construct and build gates, you open gates to let God's goodness into your life. Now, this is what we do. This is, when you think about it, this is how we parent, is it not? Good parents... Good parents, really at the end of the day, you might not have ever used this language, good parenting is about erecting walls for your children and hoping and praying when they get out of the house, they keep them because they can kick them down just as soon as they leave. And good parenting is opening up gates to let the goodness in. Um, the video of the year last year, the video of the year, uh, hashtag mom of the year, was hit eight million times in a very short period of time. I am talking about what went down in Baltimore with the race riots. Oh, you saw it. 
the tension. Pray for me this Saturday. They already, they already said that, but I'm sharing over in Cary, and I'd love for you to come out and be a part of that dream fest. Some of Martin Luther King Jr.'s family members are going to be there. It's going to be really, really cool. Um, so we're not afraid to talk about those kinds of things at New Hope Church. And so there was all those race tensions and issues, you know, in many, many cities around our country this last year. But this video was captured when the race riots were going down in Baltimore. You remember Baltimore was one of the worst. Hashtag mom of the year went viral Eight million hits in a very short window of time. CBS had mom on the morning news soon thereafter. You're going to enjoy this. Check it out. And the New York Post says, send in the moms to tame the Baltimore rioters. It refers to one woman in particular who took matters into her own hands, literally. Toya Graham spotted her 16-year-old son in a crowd of teens vandalizing and looting. Cameras captured the moment that she confronted her son. She yelled at him and struck him multiple times. And video of the moment spread quickly on TV and social media. More than two million people viewed her response to the attention on our Facebook page. The hashtag mom of the year began trending on Twitter. And today, Toya Graham, a single mom of six, joins us only on CBS this morning. Good morning to you, Ms. Toya Graham. Good morning. So Good morning. Here's a, here's a front page of the paper this morning. It says, forget the National Guard, send in the moms. They're calling you hero mom. Do you feel like a hero mom this morning? I don't. I don't. Because what was your intention? My intention was just to um, get my son and have him be safe. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to that morning because you had told him, do not go down to the protest. Yes. But tell us when you first saw your son, Toya. Take us there. So after speaking with the police officer, and he pointed across the street from Mondalmi Mall, um, I stood there on the same side as the police with the shields, and they were throwing bricks. And I was like in an awe, like, it was, it was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And to see my son come across the street with a rock in his hand, mm -hmm. I think at that point I just lost it. You recognize the baggy sweatpants. I recognize the baggy sweatpants. He did have the hoodie on and he did have the um, face mask on, but it was something about those sweatpants he had on. And but you also made eye contact. And we made eye contact. Mm -hmm. and you're, What's yeah. remarkable is this, and for me, <laughs> yeah. is he clearly had uh, respect and fear of you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, because as you were pushing him and, and doing that sort of right hook you had, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was backing off. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. what was he saying to you? Mom, 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 okay, mom, okay, mom. You know, and I was pretty much just telling him, you know, how dare you do this? For him to do what he was doing, it was just unacceptable. You, you said, I thought so poignantly, you did not want to lose your son to the streets. No. Mm -hmm. That clearly was not the first time that you've had that interaction with him, is it? No. Um, like I Tell said, us about him. Um, like I stated before, he has been in trouble before, and um, he knows life from wrong. Um, he, he, he's just like the other teenagers that doesn't have the perfect relationship with the police officers in Baltimore City. Mm. But you will not be throwing rocks and stones at police officers. Mm -hmm. At some point, um, who's to say that they don't have to come and protect me from mm -hmm. something? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and they might not want to, knowing that you're bringing harm to them. Mm -hmm. Two wrongs don't make a right. So at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I just wanted to make sure my son, I had gotten my son home. 
and we actually could see everything after being home watching the news and he started seeing the fires and everything that was taking place and um, did he say he was sorry? No, he didn't say he was sorry, but, you know, he was coming upstairs and he was telling me things that his friends were saying. What are they saying? Uh, you know, Michael, you need to give your mother a hug. Mm -hmm. You know, Mother Day, Mother Day is right around the corner. You need to buy her the best Mother Day gift ever, <laughs> you know, so. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't go out. I don't, you know, do any of that thing. Only thing I do is church, and it's me and my children and my grandchildren. What did you How think you when you saw that tape of you? I thought, think? I thought, oh my God, my pastor is going to have a fit. <laughs> I, did. I tell you what, your pastor may have a, a fit, but the police commissioner of Baltimore said yes. we need more moms yeah. right, like more. you. Yeah. So there's a lot of praise, not just, you know, in Baltimore, but certainly around the country, say send in the moms. <laughs> that, that mom doesn't need a sword. She's got that right hook. <laughs> and I just want to say this. I know that I know there's 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 tension all over the place with this issue. There's right and there's wrong all over the place. And some of you, even as you sit there, you kind of chuckle, but you're like, I'm not sure I agree with that kind of parenting. And I get that. And this is not a parenting seminar. I don't have time to unpack all that right now. I wish I did. But here's the bottom line. You know what that mom was trying to do? She was trying. And Pretty, pretty successfully, I might add. She was trying to erect a wall in her son's life to protect him and keep the darkness and the enemy out of his life. It is real. So just real quickly before I talk about gates for a moment and we move on. I just want to talk to you about some walls to erect in your life in 2016. I could deliver an entire message on this one subject. This is not an exhaustive list, but I, I just need to hit a few real quickly. Here's some. If you want to make 2016 a great year, if you want to continue to do great things for God and maybe make it better, make it a banner year for your life, here's some walls to erect to keep the enemy out, walls to protect your mind. Walls to protect your mind. I think in our contemporary day, even in the church, in our cool, hip, contemporary churches, we have forgotten that integrity still matters. We have forgotten that, that we need to actually live our lives in such a way that we keep some of the garbage out. Remember what you learned in sociology in college? Garbage in, garbage out. Sometimes I look around at Christians today and we are no more discerning than the world when it comes to what we read, when it comes to what websites we look at, when it comes to, to, to what movies we go to. Now, don't, I want to be clear because you know what you see is what you get. I'm very, I, I try to be very authentic up here. I'm not one of those pastors who would like ever tell you, you shall never go to a rated R movie. I go to rated R movies. I might lose some of you over that right there. But I walk out of some rated R movies too. I, I, I go to rated R movies that are redemptive. They have a redemptive quality. I don't watch junk. And I don't just watch junk for the sake of watching junk. And sometimes I see Christians, man, they don't have any filter. So how is your conscience? What kind of walls do you need to erect around your mind before you step into a movie theater, there's websites you can look at. We read websites. We read reviews before we go to movies. Here's one. Walls to protect your sexual purity. 
I see some of you just looking at me. I don't know why in the world you wouldn't write down some notes here, but that's your life. Oh, my Lord, we need walls to protect our sexual purity. Young person, what kind of wall? Again, I could unpack these all day long. You know, how far do you go when you're dating? Divorcee, how far do you go when you decide to start playing the field again? What do you do? What kind of websites do you go to? Single person, how are you saving yourself? Walls to protect your career. Church, I'd like to talk more about that. You, you are to build walls to protect your career. You say, what do you mean, pastor? Here, here's what I mean. Do you show up late all the time or do you show up early? Do you work hard or do you check Facebook throughout the day? You're meddling now, pastor. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> Twitter, Facebook. Your boss walks in, they bust you doing that, and you get all nervous. Do you work at your work with all of your heart? You say, well, I don't want to work at my work with all of my heart because I don't like the boss and I don't like my company. You, you, you're misunderstanding the whole thing. You don't work for your boss. You work for God Almighty. Your boss is a Jewish carpenter, beloved. You work for God. And when you work for God, you show up. I think Christians should leave the corporate and secular workplace. They should lead. I said lead it, not leave. I think Christians should lead in the workplace. We should work harder than anybody. We should show up early. We, we should add so much value to the organization that when they think about having cuts or firing somebody, your name would never be on that list. Come on. Walls to protect your finances. i got to move on. Walls to protect your finances. How are you doing in 2016? Are you saving? John Wesley said, "Say, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. That's a great way to live your life. Earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Do you have good savings? Do you have investing? Are you spending within your means? This is how you put a wall up around your life. Because if you haven't figured this out, one of the ways in which the enemy always loves to come at believers is through finances. Have you figured this out, married person? One of the ways in which the enemy loves to bring havoc into your home is through your marriage and through the uh, discussion of finances. So, so what do you and your spouse, or maybe you and your kids, or maybe just you and God, how do you need to get away this week and actually talk about, think about, what are the walls we need to erect around our, around our purity, around our minds, around our career, around our finances? Beloved. Your ticket is not going to be the $9 million Powerball lottery. Some of you are like, you don't know, I done bought 50 of those. If you, you have no idea how many people say to me during days just like this, Pastor, will you pray for me? If I win it, I'm going to tithe to the church. I hear it all the time. And I've never said this to anybody, but I just want to say it to you right now. Right now. No, you won't. If you aren't tithing now to the church, you won't tithe then. i got to move on. Ne Nehemiah 7, 1 through 3. Nehemiah 7, let's, let's go to the Word again. We're talking about, we're going to move to the gates now. After the wall had been rebuilt, and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the who? 
The musicians and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hananiah, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of? Oh, Nehemiah said, the gates are so important. I want my best and my brightest men of integrity as my gatekeepers. Watch this. Because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their post and some near their own houses. Listen to me, church. You don't just build walls to protect. You have to open gates for prosperity. You don't just build walls in your life to protect and keep the enemy at bay. You have to open gates to let God's goodness in. Nehemiah is saying, I'm going to position people of integrity in these places in my life. This is what the church is all about, by the way. I believe one of the reasons why Jesus set up the church on planet Earth, you know, it didn't happen by chance. I believe one of the reasons why Jesus set up his bride, the body of Christ, the church, is so that it could be one big gate to allow the goodness of God into our lives. So let me just give you some gates that I, I think you ought to work on opening in your life if you want to prosper in your life. Here's the first one, gates to open. Gate of godliness through weekly church attendance. You say, well, that just sounds like something a preacher would say. All right. It does. But I firmly believe it. You want prosperity to come in your life? By the way, I'm not talking about financial prosperity. Could be, but I'm not talking about exclusive. No, 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 no. You want to let goodness into your life? Make a commitment on the front end of 2016 to be in the house of God every single Sunday. Everything. Do you know that stats now, surveys tell us that most believers attend church like 1.2 times a, a month? What? Not here, amen? I pray not here, amen? I know we're having some issues, but bear with us, man. We're still working out so many kinks. That it's still a miracle that we're up in here. <laughs> Seriously. What would it look like for you to make a commitment to attend church every single weekend? You say, well, what about when I get sick? I campus every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Join a community and watch it online. Here, here, let me just talk about this for one moment about attending church. And you make sure your students are in church every weekend. Your students. I'm talking about our access ministry at all of our campuses. Your students need to be in a student ministry that opens up a gate and allows goodness to come in. The world is giving them all kinds of messages, and they are not good messages. Access, 6th through 12th grade, is a gate to allow goodness into your young person's life. My children don't have to ask me but once if they can go on a, a student retreat somewhere. Man, that's a check I will gladly stroke. They don't have to ask me, can they get up to the church for access? That's a trip I will gladly make. 
Access is key. And you say, well, give me a verse. I'm so glad you asked. Nehemiah 4.14. In the same chapter, the Bible says this. Let's read it out loud together. 4.14. Ready, go. Remember the Lord who is and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your home. Remember the Lord who is what? Great and awesome. And do what? You fighting for your family today? Because others are trying to fight to destroy your family. Fight for your family. Make sure your students are in church. Here's another gate you need to open. Gate of mental, mental, physical, and emotional health through daily disciplines. It's the gate of mental, physical, and emotional health through daily disciplines. Again, I could teach an entire message on that, but I'm not going to. Because you're smart people. And maybe what you need to do this week is pull away. Maybe you need to go away with your spouse. Maybe you just need to go away by yourself and find time to think about what kind of gates do I need to open up in my life to grow myself mentally, physically. Like New Year's resolutions, I know we all make them, right? Most of us, some of you are done with them. <laughs> Dude told me the other day, he said, oh, man, I'm done with the Battle of the Bulge. Forget about it. Kind of felt sad. Don't throw in a towel, man. How might you be one of the few people who get a gym membership in January, but you're still going in March? But it's not just physical, it's mental, it's emotional. You you gotta go away and figure some of this out, but open up some gates in your life in 2016. Here's the third and final one. Gate of blessings through systematic and percentage giving. It's 2016. It's January. How are you going to make sure of, of all your income streams, you're going to honor God with the biblical tithe of percentage giving? You're, you're actually going to be one of the, the ones that say, you know what, I'm not going to leave it to chance anymore. I'm not going to take a check to church anymore. I don't even do that anymore. Nobody writes checks anymore. I'm going to actually go online and I'm going to form a systematic e-giving, percentage giving, safe and secure, so that when December rolls around, I'm going to look at my giving portfolio and I'm going to be one of the few who, who honors God with my generosity, not because some pastor wants something from you, but because some pastor wants something for you. Oh, I love it when you clap about that. It's, it's a gate. Some of, you haven't, some of you haven't quite figured this out yet, or maybe you know it here, but you've never moved it to your heart. You, you, you've heard that giving blesses the giver. Jesus says it is better to give than to which some of you might say, well, it doesn't feel any better. It's a gate. It's a gate. It's how you open up and let the prosperity and the blessings in. Malachi 3, verse 10. And, and in light of this message, by the way, about gates and prosperity and all that, in light of that, God's goodness, look at what this verse says. Malachi 3, verse 10. We're going to read it out loud. Ready? Go. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, 
and see if I will not throw open the flood, what? The flood gates of heaven, let's continue, and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough to store it. Jeremiah 29, 11. God's word says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans that you shall what? God desires for you. It's what I, as your pastor, desire for you. It's what I desire in my own life. How are you doing with erecting walls to keep the enemy out and opening gates to let goodness in? Walls to keep bad out, gates to let goodness in. We're going to stand at all of our campuses in just a moment, and we're going to sing a song and wrap this up. And I just want to say this before I turn it back over to the worship teams at all the campuses. As we sing this song, I want you to be thinking about walls and gates in your life. We're going to release you right after that, but here is a message. I just got to say this today. Here is a message that if you don't go out and actually give more mental energy to it, actually put a pen to a paper, fingers to a keyboard, whatever it takes, and you get away and you start thinking about walls that I need to erect in my parenting, walls I need to erect in my marriage, walls I need to erect in my dating and in my vocational life and in my mind, and I think about the gates that I need to intentionally, that's a key word, intentionally open. If you don't do, if you just get in your car, or you get on your motorcycle, or you walk away from a campus and you don't do anything with this message, I can almost promise you 2017 will roll around and life for you will be just as it is today. You do know what insanity is, do you not? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and expecting different results. The new year is a great time to do a personal, spiritual, mental, emotional, sexual checkup on your life. As you do that, erect some walls. Open some gates. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, just stop by one of our campuses anytime, or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org, and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. Thanks for being a part of our church family, and we hope you'll join us next week.